Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty, and I am too. Hey, my name's Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. This is the time of the week where I just finished my uh, update on my rankings. I do that every Wednesday, and then Thursday put this podcast out as well as the article that just tells about some of the players that I've noticed that are either rising and uh, falling in their stock value, you might call it. Um, I hope this is just a helpful way just to talk about a few different players. Maybe they're on your teams or players that you're thinking about trading for or trying to acquire in the offseason. Just to give you a chance to talk about some players that I'm a little bit more higher on than I was a week ago and some guys that I think maybe I'm a little lower on than I was a few weeks ago. So let's get it started. We'll start with the quarterback position. Uh, quarterback, um, I moved Baker Mayfield from Cleveland all the way up to my quarterback number 12. Um, he's just been awesome. He's thrown 13 touchdown passes over the last five games. It just looks like when you're watching him. I watched a lot of that game this last week, and it feels like he's caught up uh, with the speed of the game, and he's looking like his old college self, which that's bad for me as a Texas fan. I don't like uh, Baker Mayfield as an OU player, but he's looking just like that incredible player that he was in college. And, and that's even in, in the midst of these uh, switching of, of head coaches and offensive coordinators. So it's, a, it's amazing that he's been able to do that. It feels like maybe they've just got some guys that actually are utilizing his talents better, or maybe he's just overall got more acclimated with the game. Um, I have a small concern knowing that there's going to be yet another coaching change. I suppose it's possible that they're going to you know, keep one or more of the coaches that are there, either as a coordinator or I guess one of them could win the head coaching job, but I, I would doubt that would be the case. But that's just a small concern that I have. I think that uh, whichever coach they're going to bring in is actually going to be a better head coach and is basically going to come there because of Baker Mayfield. So he, the head coach that comes there next year is going to be highly motivated uh, to make Baker Mayfield great and is going to come there because he's in fact there. It is true that his schedule gets a lot tougher the next next few weeks, so he's looked awesome the last five weeks, but he's had a pretty weak schedule. Uh, his schedule gets a lot stronger these next five weeks, so it kind of remains to see how he plays against tougher competition. But that said, I feel like it's time to say he's a he's a starting quarterback in all of our leagues. I moved him up to number 12, so he's a top 12 QB. Second quarterback that I've uh, moved up is uh, Jameis Winston from Tampa Bay. Um, I, I moved him up to my quarterback 13, so right behind May, Mayfield. Man, he's just been up and down on the rankings over the course of the last year. Like if you think about the last year, um, I think I probably would have had him ranked as, as a top 5 to 10 uh, quarterback. I remember... Uh, drafting him super early in one of my startup drafts, uh, thinking that I had found a few years ago like the the best young quarterback in the league. But his off-field behavior, the suspension, and then the benching, like the combination of all of those things just made him move up and down. We didn't really know, I didn't really know where to rank him. The fact is, though, when he plays, he's an incredible fantasy quarterback. Um, his his points total, his total points per game really are up there with the best of the quarterbacks in the, in the league, especially in the games when he doesn't throw interceptions, which admittedly he does throw a lot of interceptions. But like last week when he doesn't throw an interception, he's a top 12 quarterback, you know, start starting in every league. So I don't believe, honestly, that he's in any real trouble of losing his job. 
um, for his play on the field. Um, his behavior off the field, however, could cause Tampa Bay to want to move on from him. But I just don't think that they're going to do that. I think they're going to exercise this final year of his contract, um, and then he's going to play well, and then they're, in the offseason they're going to look to sign him long-term. He's got so many weapons there now in Tampa Bay, maybe minus a good running back if, if Ronald Jones can ever get something working there. Or, uh, but it's even better for us in a fantasy perspective if they don't have a great running back because he's going to throw it all around to all the great receivers and tight ends that he has there. Um, so he's been up and down my rankings, but I've moved him up to 13, and I could see him becoming a top 12 guy once we get past the kind of assurances of whether he's really going to be there for the long term and if he can get his off-field stuff together. One more quarterback that I'll mention, I have Teddy Bridgewater uh, from New Orleans, temporarily. <laughs> I moved him up to my, my quarterback number 34. This is a simple one. Um, I believe that he's going to be a starter for some team next year. Um, I think that he's going to become a free agent unless somehow uh, Sean Payton and the, the Saints can convince him that he's going to take over for Drew Brees and just to hang on for another couple years. Um, I suspect he won't want to do that, though, and he'll go into free agency and someone's going to sign him to be their starter because there's so many questionable quarterbacks out there right now. Running backs. So here's the running backs that I have their stock rising. I did notice the, t- the top real, the top part of my uh, running back board didn't move very much. Like Those guys are really pretty solid. So the guys I'm going to mention here are really middle-of-the-pack guys that moved up. Uh, that's because I think we're pretty solid with where we have guys ranked right now. Um, Lamar Miller for Houston. I moved him up to my running back number 40. So yes, I guess a set a 97-yard run can change my mind. Uh, Houston sure seems committed to the run. They're running the ball, um, and uh, Watson's passing uh, fewer than we would have expected. They're just they're very very committed to the run, and Lamar's looked great at least four out of the last five weeks. He's looked really awesome. The truth is, I still have Deontay Foreman ranked ahead of him. I have Deontay Foreman ranked number 27 uh, because I believe he's the real future in Houston once he recovers from that surgery. They keep postponing it, of course, but it could maybe even be this season at some point. But the fact is you still can't argue with uh, his productivity this year. Um, Lamar Miller is certainly a guy that everyone loves to hate. Like he, He's always kind of one of those fantasy guys that you love to hate. You don't really want him on your team. But the truth is he's fairly consistent. He's like a, a running back number two year in and year out. And so um, I moved him up to number 40, but still hedging my bets a bit, really believing that Foreman's the future there in Houston. Uh, second running back that I have uh, rising in stock is Ty Montgomery from Baltimore. I moved him up to running back number 55. Again, so not very high, but uh, we're talking about middle of the pack guys. I just thought when I watched that game this week that he looked really good in the passing game and seems to be like finally an active part of the offense. Like just weeks after being traded to Baltimore, it seems like he's got adjusted. Now he's got his role, and they're using him that way. And Baltimore is a team that's always uh, known how to use their running, their, their passing down backs. Like they've done really well with that. You think about the Danny Woodhead years and um, even Javorius Allen and the way that he was used. I don't believe that um, he's going to be the long-term back there, and I don't believe that uh, Alex Collins or Gus Edwards are going to last to be like a long-term starters there in the number one running back position. But I do believe that uh, that Ty Montgomery is going to be their passing down back of the future, that he's already beat out Buck Allen, and they know what they got, what they traded him for. They traded him for that position. And, and to have that role. So PPR leagues, he could be good. could be a spot starter, starter during bye weeks in the future, um, maybe even more than that if someone were to get injured. But he, he looked really good, so I thought I should move him up to number 40, uh, 55. Now the receivers, there's a little bit more to be excited about. Got a couple receivers that I uh, moved up, four receivers. 
Uh, one is Corey Davis from Tennessee. I moved him all the way up to my wide receiver number 16. Um, he has been annoyingly up and down this year, um, but the up weeks just reveal how great he is. Um, there's a reason that he was our number one uh, wide receiver drafted two years ago in our rookie drafts, if not the number one pick overall, depending on how your drafts went. I still get pretty frustrated with Mariota. Um, that's that's my only hesitation for Davis. I, I wonder if Mariota is actually good enough to make Davis all that he can and should be. Um, it feels to me now it's actually kind of the reverse, that it's Davis that's making Mariota look good rather than the other way around. Um, so that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause, but you can't question his ability, his skill, his, his explosiveness, and the way he can just make big plays like he did um, this week. So Corey Davis has moved moved back up to number 16 for me. Uh, similarly, uh, for, for Dallas, Amari Cooper, I moved him up right behind Davis to be my wide receiver number 17. Man, it seems like uh, Dallas is very committed <laughs> to prove that they were not stupid when they trade their number one, traded their number one pick for Cooper. Uh, he, like Davis, has been up and down, but so far it seems like Dallas is super committed to giving him targets. He's averaged eight targets per game since he's joined the team. Um, he's just too great of a talent uh, to not to not make the most of the of those opportunities. If he gets eight targets a game, he's going to do something with them. Um, and I love too the fact that teams have to stack the box in fear of Zeke. So when you when you get like a receiver like that with a great running game with a Dallas offensive line and um, and Zeke behind it. Uh, he's going to get a lot of one-on-one coverage in the weeks to come, or really, for that matter, in Dynasty perspective, for the years to come. Man, it seems like right now Dallas may have uh, just got exactly what they needed um, in Cooper. His value's gone back up to 17. Uh, props to you if you were one of the guys that uh, held on to him <laughs> through all these struggles. Next receiver that I have moving up is DJ Moore for Carolina. I moved him up to my wide receiver number 23. Um, he was the number one wide receiver in our rookie drafts last year. Now, I don't want to brag, uh, but I had him as my number one receiver in the rookie draft way before he started getting a ton of buzz and then moved up to almost everyone else's number one. It actually made me kind of mad. So I was like, man, I had this guy as my number one guy, and now everyone else is hopping on it, and now I don't look unique, and I can't say that, hey, I was the one who had him number one for the longest time. Uh, so that kind of stinks, but the fact is that he's he was just incredible. The thing I like most about him is how how good he is with the ball in his hands. He's just a great run after catch guy. Um, he's young, and I think he has a lot of room to grow as far as like overall wide receiver skills to like become a true star in the NFL. But I think he has time to get there, and he's the type of character guy that feels like he's going to put in the work to do it. Um, this week, I finally moved him ahead of uh, Cortland Sutton. Um, who I've told you in previous podcasts and articles that I was not very high on. So I was actually wrong on Sutton uh, when he started to break out a little bit this year. Um, he, I wasn't as high on him as the rest of the people were. Um, but now I've actually switched them back to where I had them before as far as uh, DJ Moore being my number one rookie wide receiver in my rankings. Uh, next and uh, last for receivers is Dante Pettis from San Francisco. I moved him all the way up to my wide receiver number 41. Uh, here's another guy that I was way higher on the most. I actually had him as a, my number 16 overall rookie draft pick in last year's rookie draft. I love guys that show skills in the return game, and he was like the best uh, punt returner in college football. Some would even argue like college football history. So I love that when someone's got that uh, punt return type of skills. I think that translates particularly for receivers. And I love a uh, second thing I love about him is when Kyle Shanahan drafts a player way earlier than most draft experts uh, thought that he should go. So it shows that they're intent, that they really have plans for him. 
And so we finally get a week. He had a couple good games early in the early in the season when there were some injuries, and then this week with Godwin or Goodwin and Garcon out, uh, he showed what he can do. Um, he's going. I think he's going to beat both of those guys out next year. That he will be um, a starting wide receiver for them. I don't know if he'll be the number one, but I think he'll grow into the number one. But he's definitely going to beat one of those two guys out, and will be a starting uh, top two receiver for San Francisco next year. In addition to the fact that they're going to get. Um, Jimmy G back, so they'll have a, even a better quarterback. They'll be targeting Pettis. So those are the guys that I have rising. I'll just make a few comments here on some guys that I have falling. Um, quarterback position, I, I have fall, stock falling on Blake Bortles naturally from Jacksonville. I moved him down to my quarterback number thirty-five. It just the coaches have finally seen the light. <laughs> he's he's been benched. It's hard to believe that he'll be a starter again in the NFL. Actually, I think he's likely going to be just a backup going forward. So he's got to drop out of your top. 32 if he's just going to be a backup, right? Um, I think that's the future for for Blake Bortles. Running backs, I have two guys that I thought pretty highly of, but um, I mentioned there wasn't a whole lot of movement in the top running backs in my draft board, but there were a few that I just kept having guys jump ahead of him. One would be Dalvin Cook from Minnesota. I moved him down to my running back number 19. Uh, when I watch him play, I, I see him as a top 10 running back easily. Like when you watch him, just these crazy bursts and plays and balance and speed, you're just like, oh my goodness, this guy's awesome. The problem is that I, is that I don't get to watch him play very much, you know, um, because he's either injured or, or now for some reason when he's healthy, Minnesota just seems committed to just a timeshare with Murray. And he Murray's been getting equal, if not more ca- carries than him, even when Cook has been healthy. Um, in addition to that, I think Minnesota's passing game is just too good. It's just it's so good right now with Diggs and Thielen. Uh, they can't even give enough touches to their running backs, so the touches they do get are being split between these two. I don't know from a dynasty perspective if that's a long-term thing, um, but those guys are young too, Thielen and Diggs, and this could just become like a, a team that's, that's better passing than running. And if they keep splitting carries, I just felt like I had to move Cook down, even though if you were to put him up against guys that I have ranked ahead of him, talent for talent, um, I would put Cook ahead. But I think, you know, part of our job as, as dynasty owners is to rank not just on talent. That should be our primary way that we rank. But we have to figure in um, the opportunities as well. And he just doesn't seem to be getting those. Uh, second running back that I have falling in my stock is Jordan Howard from Chicago. I moved him down to running back number 20. So right behind Alvin Cook. This one's super disappointing because uh, he used to be a top 5 to 10 kind of running back for me. Um, and I just think now that there's just so much evidence to believe that he's never going to get there again. Um, he might be falling even further than this in coming weeks. He's been just awful the last three weeks in particular. And I just don't think he's ever going to be a focal point of Chicago's offense. And that's really what you want for a top 20 type of running back. They've got to be like the focal point. Like this is our guy. And I don't think that they they believe that he is in Chicago. Um, so Howard's fallen to 20. He probably should be moving out of the top 20 here pretty quickly. I got two wide receivers that I have their stock falling. One fell off the map and one I still believe in, but I just have to look at the evidence and start to move him down. Uh, first is Jarvis Landy from Cleveland. I moved him down to my wide receiver 18. Uh, he's been moving down seemingly like one spot for me every single week. I just have to keep dropping him and putting one, one more guy ahead of him almost every week. The fact is he's just not getting the targets, and that's what made him so valuable. He was just a target monster, a guy that you knew was going to get you know, 10 passes a game. And it stinks because as a player, like I really, really believe in his talent 
and this is you know less measurable, but I, I feel like he's a just an all effort guy, a guy that really cares and wants to win. Like his commitment to the game and to being his best is is uh, something I love about him. I even traded him for him in one league last week where someone else was souring on him. So you might, if you believe in him, like go make trades for like like I did for him this last uh, two weeks ago. I did. Um, I believe that the temporary coaching staff is going to find a way to use him. I just he's he's too good not to get more targets than he's getting. But we've seen a trend, so I've had to drop him. But from a dynasty perspective, again, knowing that another coaching staff is going to come in there, I believe that they're definitely going to recognize whoever gets in there. They if they they put these guys in the practice field. They're going to realize that Landry is their best wide receiver, and so the new coaching staff has got to figure out a way to get him the ball more. Um, I have no doubt that he's going to be the number one receiver in Cleveland uh, next year. Um, but I've just had to move him down a little bit given what we've seen uh, this season so far. Last receiver, last guy that I'll mention is uh, Chris Hogan from New England. I moved him all the way down to wide receiver number 68. Uh, That's a pretty steep fall from a guy that we used to love. Like He used to be like the perfect guy that you would put in your wide receiver three spot, just knowing that he would get those targets and opportunities there with, with Brady and New England. But this year, however, like you can't even start him. Like, like you can't even put him in your lineup at all. Um, I start to think that his dynasty value was really, really ev- elevated by the play of Brady. And now Brady seems to be losing a step too. And the whole um, power of the New England offense has really taken a step back. And uh, I just don't think that Hogan's a good dynasty hold at this point. Um, he's almost droppable um, in our leagues and Unless you've got some situation where you need him, you're never going to feel comfortable starting him. And I don't think his opportunity is going to get any better, uh, really, really honestly, for the rest of his career. Um, I think Brady's what made him great. And we know that Brady's, you know, descending and on his way out. So Chris Hogan's almost droppable, wide receiver number 68. All right. Well, those my stock report for the week. Stock up, stock down. Hope I touched on some players that you care about or even are on your rosters. Uh, feel free to hit me up anytime. I'd love to make it a two-way conversation. Uh, you can contact me at dynastyfreaks.com. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. 